Verses 17 to 20 are part of a longer passage where Paul is teaching the Corinthian Christians about their attitudes to spiritual gifts. Some of them attached greater significance to the more spectacular gifts, like prophecy and speaking in tongues, and tended to look down on the other gifts as being less important. In verses 4 to 7 of chapter 12, Paul reminds them that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, and that they are all given by the Holy Spirit for the benefit of the entire church. Paul uses the analogy of the body to emphasise the importance of each person in the church. Listen again to what Paul has to say about the body of Christ, but this time I'm reading from the message. If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. I wonder, do you feel important today? Do you really believe that God has carefully placed you where he wants you to be? Do you believe that the body would be less effective if you were taken away? Or do you feel insignificant, that nobody would notice if you weren't here because your gift isn't really that important? No matter what our age, background or knowledge of God, we, ought, we are all important. Just as each part of the human body is designed to have a different function, so each of us has a different part to play in the body of Christ. Some parts may not seem to be very important. It is not until they are not working properly or they are taken away that we really miss them. Recently, I sliced the top of my left thumb preparing vegetables. Richard very kindly took me to the walk-in centre to get it uh, looked at. I'm right-handed and it was only a small cut, but it was deep and it needed a bulky dressing to stop it bleeding. Whilst it was healing, it was really hard doing the simplest of daily tasks and made me realise just how much I needed my left thumb. I think we don't always understand the impact that our gifts have on other people so we don't see the, those gifts as being important. A few years ago, I went through a time of quite a bad depression. I wasn't able to work, and I felt pretty useless. But what I was able to do during this time was to go out for coffee with people and chat with them. You may think, as I did at the time, that, it, that this isn't much of a gift, but I was able to spend time with people who needed a, a listening ear and sharing our struggles with depression and life in general has led to deep and lasting friendships. You may be sitting here thinking, I don't do much, I could never preach, lead the prayers, sing in the worship group, be on the PCC. I only give out the books at the back of the church. But how important is that? 
How many people come back to church if they are not welcomed at the door? It makes such a difference when you come to church for the first time and you see a smiling, welcoming face. Or you may be thinking, I only make the coffee. But that is a really important gift. And thank you to everybody who's on the coffee rotor. We certainly notice when there is no coffee at the end of the service. But would we really mind if there was no sermon one week? I won't ask you to vote on that. (laughs) But seriously, if the body of Christ is to be a living, vibrant thing, we need everybody to recognise and use the gifts they have been given. Two weeks ago, Ian was talking about the importance of being encouraging to one another. We all need to be encouraged because we grow when somebody says good things about us and we need to pray for one another. So can I issue a challenge to you? Next time you're tempted to compare your gifts to somebody else's, why don't you pray for that person and thank God for what they bring to the body here at Christ the Lord? And if you get the opportunity, tell them how their gift blesses you. It might be just what they need to hear. And if you're still unsure about the importance of your gift or how you can use it, can I suggest that you talk to somebody who knows you well and that you trust? Ask them what they think your gift is. If you're really brave, ask them to pray with you, that God will give you opportunities to use the gifts he has given you. Because all of us have been given a spiritual gift, and God wants each of us to see ourselves as he sees us, and to use our gifts to help his church to grow. I'm going to end by reading a story. It's called The Tale of Three Trees. Some of you will have heard it before. And it's one of my favorite stories. And I think it illustrates some of the things that I've been trying to say. And then I'm going to get Ian to sing a song called Lovely and Amazing. As you listen to the song, you may wish to ask God how you can use your gifts. You may want to say sorry for being jealous of somebody else's gifts, or you may like to just sit and listen. Now, hopefully, there'll be some pictures on the screen to accompany the story, because Amanda very carefully used her computer gifts to scan the pictures into her computer and made a PowerPoint. So in the best storytelling traditions, if you're sitting comfortably, then I'll begin. Once upon a mountain top, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up at the stars twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to hold treasure, he said. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I will be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked out at the small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship, he said. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I will be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave this mountainside at all, she said. 
I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the whole world. Years passed, the rains came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, this tree is beautiful, it's perfect for me. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong, it's perfect for me. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship, fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered, and with a swoop of his shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to a carpenter's shop, but the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold or filled with treasure. He was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard, but no mighty sailing ships were being made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat too small and too weak to sail an ocean or even a river, he was taken to a little lake, and every day he brought in loads of dead, smelly fish. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumber yard. What happened, the once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveller and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. The traveller fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed out into the lake. Soon a thundering and thrashing storm arose. The little tree shuddered. He knew he did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and rain. The tired man awakened. He stood up, stretched out his hand and said, Peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it had begun. And suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. 
She shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. And that was better than being the tallest tree in the world. Nothing God gives life to is designed to live in shame. In His eyes, your precious treasure, worthy of His name, He stands at the altar with His Son. The wedding march chorus has begun Looking God's mirror See who you are You're an angel fit for heaven You're a bride for Christ in white you're lovely and amazing Lovely and amazing You're God's measure of perfection You're His bringer of delight You're lovely and amazing you're the one Jesus thought worth the sacrifice Walking down the road less travelled Tempting signs confuse And self-esteem can come unraveled And millstones fill your shoes You're trying so hard to be someone God wouldn't intend you to become Looking God's mirror See who you are You're a wonder of creation You're God's calling card on earth 
You're lovely and amazing Lovely and amazing You're a work of inspiration You're a child of royal birth You're lovely and amazing your Redeemer has no doubts how much you're worth. Don't struggle with identity if you could realize God loves you and He's proud of you. And you're a complete success in your maker's eyes You're lovely and amazing Lovely and amazing God has you set aside for his greatest prize 